For all of you who listen to Submersion and own an Android device, go to the Google Play Store and download the Podcast Republic app. It's a fantastic app that allows you to get all of your favorite podcasts directly on your Android device. I personally use the app and I love it. I can search for the podcast I want to listen to, select it as a favorite, and have it just a click away. Make sure to select Submersion as a favorite so you don't miss any of our new episodes. Again, the app is the Podcast Republic app, available on Android devices. Episode 83! No, I'm just kidding. Right, we can't use that. cut that. You can't use that one? <laughs> <laughs> All right, episode 83. Woo! There we go. And once again, we are without our fearless leader. Uh, We don't know where he is. Probably stuck in a torpedo tube somewhere or something to that nature. Uh, But he's not around uh, to lead us. And as a result, it's just a skeleton crew over here. Just me and Brom and who else is there? Hi, I'm Zach and I like to party. Nice. Is that your catchphrase? Zach, I know for a fact you don't party. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> Jamie's the party guy. Nice. Hot rod. But yeah, uh, what's up with you guys? Oh, uh, um, yeah. Well, well, it's been a while for Zach. What's Zach been up to? Yeah. Um. So what have I been up to? It's a good question. I saw Joker uh, nice. a couple weeks ago. I absolutely loved it. Um. So two thumbs up? Oh, if I had... If I had three, I'd say three, but yes, two. Um, nice. Yeah, I guess that's been it. Call of Duty, Modern Warfare. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So Ben and I have been playing Call of Duty, Modern Warfare that we released. Um, it's been pretty rough. Yeah, but you know, you know, it's been fun for the most part. Not tonight. Tonight was terrible, but it's been fun. So. Jamie, do you uh, play any video games? Barely. Not, not really, and, and definitely... Uh, I've played only a smattering of ones that are like online. It sounds like you were playing against people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't really do much of that at all. I mean, most of the games that I do have been like adventure games, like a King's Quest Ooh. or like a Space Quest or a Leisure <laughs> Suit Larry, uh, those types of things where it's more um, driven by puzzles and using my brain uh, and doing that kind of stuff. So never really got into the, the COD, you know, mm. as the kids call it. Yeah, cod and beer. Yeah. That's what we call it. So now not too much, but is, so this is a new one? Yes, they actually rebooted the series, I guess, um, Modern Warfare. So they've got all the different uh, uh, theaters of war and the different different wars themselves and all of that. And we're in the, the Modern Warfare, which uh, the Modern Warfare series usually tackles uh, international terrorist groups and things like that. Mm. Controversy, but, Jamie. There's a lot of controversy. Yeah, very, with these very controversial. Story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Really? Yes. Because people say, are people saying it's racist? I something? don't know if you've actually heard about the. They first got sort of scrutiny uh, a few years back with Modern Warfare Two when they had a uh, 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 mission where you, you usually bounce around these games and, and play in different people's. Uh, uh, bodies basically take over different uh, people. Yeah, different perspectives. Uh, one of the perspectives is you played as a Russian terrorist group that uh, strolled into a airport and shot up the crowd. So you actually shot up interesting innocent people in the game. So mm. they got a lot of flack for that. But now, I'm not surprised by that. It seems like a poor decision on their part. But yeah, so they. Uh, this, I guess Zach was telling me that with this story mode and this one, they really wanted to ratchet up 
the controversy again and like they, they said imagine each mission being oh, Jesus the, the airport mission so, so it's like it's like the new rambo film right let's just ratchet this guy right up right um well that sounds very exciting and uh, i would like to welcome the listeners to call of duty cast where we discuss all things call of duty uh but yeah i mean that's exciting i guess uh, definitely exciting to see the, i think the last time you were on zach we were discussing going to see Joker. Were we? Okay. I think, I think so. so. Yep. I think you mentioned talking about going to see Joker, and now we're here, and you've seen it. It's almost... Yeah. I, I mean, have I, since like seen it as well. Time is passing. I could yeah. literally talk about it for an hour. I liked it that much. I mean, it's exactly what I needed to see, because I hate Marvel movies and most modern-day superhero movies, and it was the yes. exact polar opposite of those. Story-driven, dark, gritty. It, it's just dialogue, music phenomenal. Amazing. Joaquin Phoenix, incredible acting. Oh my God! The did you composer. call him? Did you call him? Wo- did you call him Joaquin Phoenix? Because he's woke. Yes. Yes. Nice. <laughs> um, at this point, I think Kyle would normally do like a big alarm, and we go dive, 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 dive. Does it sound something like like this? Dive, 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 dive. Yeah, that's pretty good. Nice. I don't know how to stop it. Yeah. <laughs> Shit! I played it again. There we go. Well, anyways, <laughs> it uh, was very appropriate for us to talk about Call of Duty for, what was it, 45 minutes or so? Yeah. Um, <laughs> because it's vi- very similar to the movie we watched tonight. What began as an innocent conversation among friends would soon spiral out of control and later be referred to by future generations as the eighth wonder of the modern world. Mac East Studios takes you on the journey of your lifetime as your captains, Alex the Mustard Man, the artist formerly known as Brom, Jamie the Ointment, Kyle El Capitan, and Zach the Backbone present Submersion. Uh, so, Brom, what did we watch tonight? Uh, we watched a, uh, unfortunately... <laughs> An antiquated-looking uh, contemporary film called *Danger Beneath the Sea*. Was this directed? Don't tell that to the Don't tell that to the Directors Guild of Canada because this got an uh, it, it got nominated oh, no. for Best Production Design by the Directors Guild of Canada. Oh no! Yeah, well, was this a direct to TV it. TV movie? This was a TV movie made in Canada. A starred Casper uh, Van Dien, who you may not know the name, but he is a chiseled. <laughs> Handsome young man, uh, famous for playing Johnny Rico in Starship yeah. Troopers. Let's not insult our. Let's not insult the listeners right out the gate by claiming they won't know who Casper Mandina is. I said they might Come not. Wow. Uh, the guy that I most recognized was Gerald McRaney, who I didn't know by his name, but uh, shows up in a lot of uh, television uh, and cinema. Uh, was that the XO? Uh, no, Gerald was uh, what? What? Are, yeah, on a first name basis. He's the right? Admiral Eugene Justice. Oh, Justice, Rear Admiral Justice. Yes, okay. he. Interesting. He, I didn't you recognize, might recognize him, him from. I, I I know him from Longmire. He was in uh, House of Cards. He played Raymond Tusk, who was kind of one of the mm. adversaries in the series. Uh, he's actually a pretty good actor. Pretty good actor, uh, and is pretty well credentialed. Uh, so I, I definitely recognized him as well. Hmm. Pretty thin pickings after that, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. This doesn't have... I mean, it's it, for a second, if you, like, really squinted, you could think maybe Scott Conn was in this movie, but he's not. <laughs> Just somebody who looks kind of like him. Yeah, what uh, What year was this? 2001? This yeah, is 2001. 
Yeah. This would have been hot on television. the this would have been hot on the heels of uh, Crimson Tide, right? Well, yeah, so it's been a, a couple few years, years after yeah. Crimson Tide, and so. And that will come into play the, here in a little yeah, bit. Yeah, you may listeners may notice some similarities between the the two pictures. It's pretty wild. I'm not sure That's which two, one came uh, from. Probably this one row. was. Con- yeah, this yeah, is, exactly uh, true. This is a second movie of uh, <laughs> Jamie's movie month. I'm starting to wonder if this is just a long mm. con, and we're going to find out that these are all Crimson Tide uh, reference movies. Yeah, did they use? Was it the same? Yes. Visuals again, yep, right? Yep, yep. It seems like it. And, it but was. they nowhere on the internet do they mention that they reuse the visuals from Crimson yeah, Tide. Yeah, they didn't use any of the explosion scenes, I don't think, no, from Crimson Tide this yeah. time. But there was definitely some stuff that I'm pretty positive was Crimson Tide again. Yeah, the problem is, is it's, uh, you know, the Canadian dollar. And, and basically, they could only get the, they couldn't <laughs> get the explosion scenes, right? Because of the conversion yeah. rate, exchange rate. All right. So, Danger Beneath the Sea, Casper Van Diem looking hot and hunky. And yeah, I picked this one mostly because of Casper Van Dien, <laughs> uh, because he's in terrible movies and basically only had one moment in the sun, yep. which was Starship, uh, Starship Troopers. Troopers. And then, I mean, I think he was, he was almost cast in that because of, of who he was, which is like, I think the person that was supposed to be in that movie, cause it's kind of a satire, uh, is, was supposed to be kind of this all classic chiseled kind of football playing war hero mm-hmm. like that's they, they cast him almost in that way and then his career kind of went the direction as you'll see with danger beneath the sea all right so shall we get into it get into it all right so we have a super classic opening and we've seen this a couple times where they try to trick you they're all like oh shit things are going down casper van Dien, captain what are you gonna do and he's like we're gonna dive and then they're like captain we got like a bogey there's someone on our sonar and it's like oh shit we can't be seen by that Russian sub. We got to maneuver. We're going to maneuver over here. We're going to maneuver over here. And then like there's a bunch of explosions and fire and electricity and smoke. And he's sending people all over the place. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, what do you do? Do you save the ship or do you avoid that Russian sub? And he's like, save the ship first. And so he kind of takes care of business there. And then, oh, no, the Russian sub's really close though. And he's like, okay, we, I think we can still do it. And then, oh, we're all on the edge of the seat. The audience is – they're pulling their hair out. They're like, what's going to happen? And then all of a sudden everything stops. And it's a drill. Just kidding. Just kidding. It's a drill. Don't worry, guys. We weren't going to see our Captain Van Hunk over there get killed in the opening scene. Like, he's safe and sound. Pretty non-conventional from what we've seen, too. This was like in a warehouse. They weren't even actually in Yeah, I know. It was a a huge room. Huge room. Which I don't know if that's accurate at all, if, if there's actually any drills done in the American military or internationally where you actually do submarine drills in a warehouse. I've never seen that in another movie. I don't movie. know. I've seen it once before in a movie. It yeah. was called Star Trek. Yep. Star Trek. Uh, was it Star Trek 2? Star Trek 1. The motion picture. I can't remember. But they were doing – They did. oh, Star Trek. We had Star Trek the motion picture. The first film. They have a very similar scene. Were the submarine activity though? Well, no. I mean just that was milita- a spaceship. Just a military drill? Yeah, that's a spaceship. But similar. They're on the bridge okay. and they're having to deal with all kinds of stuff. And then in the end, it's like – no one could figure this out except Captain Kirk because he hacked into the mainframe. It's like, well, you cheated, man. Anyways, uh, the commander's a little peeved at our boy, uh, Van Dien, because Casper, he could have been a little more aggressive. This was in, the Admiral was a little peeved. Yeah, the, the Admiral's uh, – yeah, sorry, I said commander. The Admiral, Rear, Rear Admiral Justice. He's a little peeved. He wanted to be a little more aggressive in avoiding the Russian submarine because – 
it's all well and good. You got to, yes, you obviously got to keep your uh, submarine safe, but you're the, he's the captain and you got to do your business too. And you got to take heed of the mission and make sure that you're doing it right. And so it kind of gives you a little bit of insight into the dynamics of these characters. Casper's a new commander, very young, obviously hot, hunky, you know, he's got a six pack abs and there, but he seems a little hesitant. He's a little green and maybe isn't, they're still trying to feel out whether he's got the cojones to, you know, be, be the captain of the ship. So then we jump over to Banger, Banger, Maine. And I did like it. Some people were mispronouncing Banger. They were calling it Bangor wrong. Oh, it's, it's Banger, Banger Maine. Huh? Okay. Oh, yeah, it's Banger. Hmm. It's because it's banging. And yeah. uh, there's a bunch of newbies that are waiting orders. They're all sitting there. They're cold because it's Maine and it sucks. It's like a tundra. And they're all looking around, and basically someone comes up and says, you're all shit. Fuck you. And they're like, you're all going to fail, so why don't you just go fuck off? And then they, they're all, like, freaked out by this. But it's time to say goodbye to their loved ones because they're going on a 30-day uh, tour, 60-day tour, or something like that. And this young guy, what was his name, Alfred? Alfred yes, Alfred. 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 Yep. He's saying goodbye to his hot, pregnant wife. And mm-hmm. is like, oh, boy, honey. We're going to have a baby. And she's like, I really don't want you to miss the birth of the baby. And he's like, I got to make the, I got to make the cash. And it's the submarine is the best way to make money. He's going to get that little pay boost by being in a submarine. And so he's like, honey, just let me do my thing. I'll get that money for that baby. And if Kyle was here, he'd have a lot of insight. None of us have babies. We're not trying to put food in that table. For Kyle, that yep. Kyle abandoned his baby during the birth to go, uh, on a submarine, yeah, on a submarine. submarine podcast, technically. Yes. But, uh, yeah. He was recording a podcast during the birth I mean, of his child, but uh, effectively the make same the big thing. Bucks. Not to, yeah. you know, not stolen valor or anything, but I mean, we're, I mean, we're doing some tough work over here. Right. And then they, we get a little, we get a little more insight into the high tensions with the new captain because we get Scott, uh, Scott Kahn lookalike over there talking to the XO and is like, man, XO, I totally would have wanted you to be the commander, man. And we've seen this before too. Yeah. And the XO is kind of having to like put a little, he, it's, he's stroking his own ego. He's like, I know, I know. Like, I'm so good. I should have probably I guess the this. closest like, thing would be K-19, the Widowmaker probably. Right? Well, there was that one. I mean, we also saw it in, um, what was the uh, Run Silent, Run Deep? Remember he was supposed to, he even got like a jacket. Uh, yeah, yeah. And was going to be the new commander, but then, uh, what's his name, uh, Clark Abel or whatever, uh, jumped in and became the commander. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's, I mean, when there's been tensions and like sicknesses, I mean, Run Silent Run Deep had a very similar thing too, where the captain falls ill and then that's when the other guy gets an opportunity, uh, in the end. So, anyways, they're kind of, he's kind of saying, yeah, obviously I should have been the captain of the ship. The other guy's like, yeah, you're so cool. I love you and you're really awesome. And he's like, well, how about you shut your mouth? It's the captain. And he's like, okay. And so then the captain, uh, and he, they're also talking a little bit about North Korea here. They have like a newspaper talking about like North Korea has a, has a possibility of launching nuclear missiles. And everyone's like, wait, is that for real? Can they really launch nuclear missiles? And everyone's like, yeah, they can. And then the captain arrives and uh, they get everything underway. Everyone's grumbling about how cramped it is. And we get a hilarious, and, and maybe I'm overstating it, but one of the worst green screens i've ever seen i think 
Oh, yeah. Potentially. Yeah, when they're on the, the sub. When they're on the bridge of the yeah. submarine, it's basically they're sitting there and it's like they're, people are, I think there seems to be sprayed with water. Someone's yeah. spraying them with water and they're all like, oh, what a wonderful day to be on a submarine. We're definitely 100% on a submarine. Don't even worry about it. Don't even think about it. It's movie magic. Definitely submarine time over here. Yeah. And then they dive. And that's when we get really into the meat of this. This is when we were basically on a submarine from here on out. Yep. Uh, yeah, say what you will about the movie, but there was uh, a plethora of submarine content for us. Yeah. Even the stuff off of it is dealing with, like, weird minutia of, like, Navy life. We have a whole thing where, like, a female Navy officer is, like, part of her job and, like, her passion is to support the families of submariners who are out to sea. And we have, like, scenes that seem to be totally unnecessary uh, that that talk about that kind of stuff. So even that, even the stuff off the submarine is dealing with like submarine culture. But anyways, uh, Casper and the Cobb, they're like besties. The Cobb's like an old man, traditional. And they're talking about the good old times, but also about how like the crew needs to be like handled because it's a lot of new people, like a huge number of new people on this boat. And so they need to be handled a little bit with care um, just because, you know, people can get people can get a little bit like uh cramped in the under the submarine they're all on their like first tour and then like half the crew the the veteran crew are all grumbling about him being captured right. anyways so it's kind of a weird dynamic uh going on yeah they're really laying it on thick that there's going to be a mutiny in the movie but yeah i mean basically at this point you know there's a mutiny afoot yeah. already they have a bunch of time lapse they show like there's a bunch of time going on then they show that happening people are starting to get stressed the young guy alfred he kind of talks about how he's having insomnia and everyone's like, yo, man, you really need to get, like, some help. And he's like, shut your mouth. And he gets, like, real aggressive. And you're like, whoa, Alfred, like, calm down. And then uh, the they go through a, a drill real quick, another drill, where they're, like, put through the process of launching missiles. But at the last moment, they're given a, a stop. And they, they stop the, the missile strike. And everyone's pretty happy. It was very stressful. But they're happy. They did everything according to the book. And they were successful. So they're pretty uh, happy about that. And then they hear back home that North Korea is starting to do some big old nuke tests or some test is going to go on. They don't really know what it is. And mm-hmm. they want the submarine to go and like check it out. They're the closest ones, I guess. Somehow, so they, somehow they're the closest ones. They left yeah. from Maine and now they're super close to North Korea. Rerouted. Yeah. So yeah, they head over there. And almost immediately, they arrive and they're like, hey, check, let's look outside this, uh, let's look through our pe- uh, periscope. And they look through the periscope and almost immediately a missile goes off and it's totally botched. They don't know this on the submarine, but it's botched. It explodes inadvertently in North Korea. So nu- North Korea basically nukes themselves by accident. And then uh, that sends off an electrical, uh, electromagnetic pulse that knocks out power from everything around like a huge uh, area including the submarine loses all communications and stuff like that. And they go through all their stuff. They're like fixing, fixing, fixing fires, electricity, wrenches, et cetera, et cetera. Like all kinds of submarine shit's happening. We didn't get to see a torpedo fall on anyone, which was unfortunate. No. That would have put us over the top. No one said fish, I don't think. No. Or maybe they did. Maybe they did at the end. Pretty, pretty prominent wrench scene, though. Very prominent wrench scene. Probably the most prominent wrench scene since Submarine X-1. Almost. Almost certainly. Yeah. And so they're, they're, everyone's kind of getting antsy. They want the communications back up and the captain's really pushing this like uh, communication guy to do that. 
the XO is getting really antsy about what's uh, what they should be doing in this situation. And then the young guy, while this is all going on, has a total freak out one night while he's having a nightmare and in, is disoriented and runs to the con and totally owns uh, the antenna with a, a wrench. Yep. Like by accident. And then he's subdued and stuff like that. But then that, that makes it so they still can't communicate. Even though they fixed the radio, everything was, uh, everything was fixed. Yeah. Very, very boss booty. Yeah. Now, this gets to my big question. So I, I try to try to break this up into like, this is basically two parts. Here's the big question. Here, where we start to get to the crux of like what the issue is for the XO. The XO says, what do you think happened here? We, we were nuked or we were near an explosion. Someone was attacking someone. We're in the middle of a war and we're just sitting around like jackasses. We should be doing something. We should be launching our missiles. And the captain's like, slowly roll. We got no, we got no orders to launch. That wasn't our mission. Our mission was to observe and we're not supposed to be doing this. So I'm not going to launch fucking missiles mm-hmm. all day long. Now, whose side do you fall on, Brom? Would you have nuked the world or not nuked the world? <laughs> uh, this was, this was uh, very obvious for me that I would have had to have uh, stood pat a little bit until we got more information. And if we never right. get now, more information, I'm not going to just start firing nuke, nuclear warheads at uh, random targets. My, yeah, my biggest question is just, and Zach, would you nuke Would you nuke the entire world? Well, my gut says yes. But yeah, interesting. luckily, I don't go with my gut. Ah. So I would, you know, hesitate and try to get as much information as possible and make a rational decision and not an emotional decision, right? Right. You go with your backbone. Yeah, backbone Zach. That's- his south like brain. But nice. not a south ball. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Stupid. Um, <laughs> Jamie said, that's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, um, no, no, I guess my, my biggest problem with his arguments is that they don't, like, he never, no one ever really pushes back on him just to be like, who, who, who? Who are we nuking? Like, he's like, even at one point says, like, it could have been the Iraqis. It could have been Pakistan. It could have been Russia. It could have been China. It could have been, I'm like, then who are we launching nukes at? All of them? Are we just nuking everywhere? Like, I'm so confused as to who you want to nuke. Who, where are we launching our missiles? And so he's just, but his is like action. Like, we need to be taking action now. We're in the middle of a war. And it's like, I don't even understand. I don't know what you're talking about. Like, I don't think anyone in their right mind would. And it's a very funny thing because... They said like, oh, you weren't recommended for to be a commander, but I, I'm going to do my best to get you recommended to be a commander. And almost to me, it's like, oh boy, this guy, I don't even know how I became an XO. He's a, he's a nut and he's nuts. But yep. anyways, they, he, he does convince them enough to go check out something, which is kind of what I would have thought you would do anyways, is kind of like head towards a city. Although I guess it kind of screwed them up because by staying put, they would have been found by the Mako. Um, but because the XO is really badgering him, he goes, okay, well, we're going to go down to the city in South Korea and we'll see if anything's like going on down there and you'll see everything's going to be fine and there's not going to be a war or whatever. So they go down there and, and they of course miss the, the submarine that was looking for them misses them as a result. But then they go down there and nothing's, they can't see anything. And you know, it's, we know as the viewer, we know it's because of the electromagnetic pulse knocked out all the electricity in the, in that place in the city. But they're also finding, like, nuclear fallout. Like, they're covered in, like, nuclear fallout. 
And so they come back in. They have to get de- uh, decontaminated. They fall seriously ill. The XO is cured. He's got like ionine poisoning and is like fixed up by a doctor. And so there is a lot of things pointing towards being a war. I still would ask the question of where he's going to want to launch the missiles. Who, who are they attacking? But I guess he just chooses Russia. I mean, that's what it seems to indicate. He's like, eh, we'll just launch it at Russia. Like, oh, yeah, good idea. And uh, But they're getting decontaminated. We get a fantastic scene of Casper totally in the buff. He's got his captain dick out. You get a nice, perfect, like, side-by-side comparison between him and the XO. And you really see why he's the captain. You're like, yeah, I get it. Yeah, come on. If the crew could see this, then there wouldn't be a mutiny. But... uh, uh, they fall seriously ill. First time he'd been in the buff since uh, Starship Troopers. Yeah. Was he totally in the nude in that one? Did yeah. you see his dick? Mm, I don't think you see anybody's dick in that one. We definitely see. I do remember I was a, a child. I put on my child-sized glasses uh, when I watched that one because yeah. you do see some breasts. Oh, yeah. Highly recommend. Not in this movie, though. Not this movie. Just to be clear. Starship Troopers. And uh, so the the captain, oh no, the XO who has been cured basically turns around and is like, I'm the captain now because he's sick and you do not cure him. He like orders the doctor not to cure the captain. So he's subdued and he can become captain. And the doctor listens to him. I was like actually shocked. Like the, the doctor does not cure Casper Vendine, sticks him with something else. And uh, just to just to like keep him alive, I guess. Um, but not to fix them up. And everything's off and rolling. And they start almost immediately mutiny time where the captain's like ordering the missile guy to reconfigure stuff. They're setting up, they're getting stuff, they're, they're distributing guns, all kinds of stuff. And the only person who's like, whoa, what's going on here is our young guy, Alfred, and his best pal, someone, I don't know his name, because he's yeah. just like an extra character. And they think something's fishy about this and they they get really concerned when they see them obviously arming the nukes they're like no good no bueno i don't want i don't want nukes and you could tell because he was about to have a baby everyone else is like eh, well the world being destroyed i think that's okay he's got a baby on the way he can't destroy the world right yeah he's the only one yeah and all of a sudden alfred also somehow is like Grounded oh, yeah. again. He be- he's like he's back. He's like back down to earth after going nuts. He was the guy yeah, running through the holes and everything. Yeah, he was given like a new job uh, on sonar because that's what he used to work on, like battleships. And he seems real jazzed about that, and that seems to like change his attitude completely. And it's supposed to be like, don't you see how Casper's like a really good commander? He like understands that what he needs is like a job he's passionate about and really like cares about. So, the, anyways, they uh, every all the launch is starting to go. Casper gets is able to get up out of his bed, but he's like real weak and like shaky. And the mutiny starts. He's really got no chance. Everyone's got guns on him. He's is borderline, or probably not even borderline, medically incapacitated. Not his fault. The doctor didn't cure him or whatever. But he you probably shouldn't be have been commander at that point because he was kind of making a lot of mistakes. And they take his key. And lock him in the uh, wherever, lock him in his uh, room. And but the young guys got a different idea. They're like, we got to free him, and we got to take this boat back because otherwise we're going to destroy the world. And so they go down. They do a whole bunch of trickery. They get the cob out of the room. They get some guns. They get the doctor to cure the captain. 
And then they're like, time to stop this shit because we aren't going to launch nukes. So they bust into the con just as they're launching those nukes. There's a big old scuffle and Casper like like murders him, murders the XO. I mean, self-defense, I guess. Yeah. But shoots him straight in the chest. Everyone's like, whoa. One of those classic scenes where they're tussling and the, you hear the gun go off and you don't know who's actually dead until the blood but starts did to we, pour Didn't we, though? We kind of did, though. Kind of knew. Because it would have been real weird if then they launched the dude. That would have actually – that would have made the movie great. If the, if the movie <laughs> ended with Casper Van Dien being the one who was shot and then the nukes launching and then destroying the world – yeah. Um, I think I would give him. I mean, it would. I w- I would give it a six. <laughs> <laughs> you but, don't even know if it would be good, but you you know you'd give it a six. I'd have to. I mean, because that would be one of the greatest endings of a movie. It would that, that would that would totally change my outlook on the movie. Because it would just mean there was so much more to what people what they were trying to say. <laughs> I'd have to like rewind it and be like, was there any indication this is what this movie was about? But anyways, uh. You think everything's all good at this point. Stop the nuke. Everything's cool. They're high-fiving. But oh no, because they don't have any communication. They still haven't been able to communicate. The Rear Admiral Justice, he's like, justice is served. He uses his catchphrase, justice is served. As he decides, I got to stop them. They. It still seems like they might launch those nukes. I don't know what's going on on that boat. And he sends Mako, the other submarine that's been searching for them, to destroy their submarine and they so they do a whole bunch of fancy maneuvers getting away from those uh from the torpedoes that are being launched their way the lansing and in the end they're like there's only one thing we can do we got to go through vladivostok harbor and they look towards the young guy and they're like can you do it because apparently it's like a super treacherous harbor it's tin can alley because all the ships that have crashed there look like fucking tin cans and so they go the young guy's like i could do it and they go through the harbor surface off the coast of russia which is already nuts and then you g- g- have a cell phone just using a cell phone they even say oh it's roaming just to be clear so, so people who are watching aren't like well wait what like oh no, no don't worry it's roaming it's gonna cost a lot of money and uh talks to the rear admiral and he's like oh what was going on on that trip over there and he's like oh i got an explanation for everything which is a little bit weird that he doesn't maybe mention offhand that he murdered his exo. Because it's kind of important news. Yeah, he'll get to that. For, for, yeah, he'll, he'll, he'll at some point, yeah. once, once he's debriefed. I just feel like maybe the rear admiral has a right to know that the captain literally murdered his exo on the submarine. Hey, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah, I guess. And then, uh, oh yeah, the young guy's baby is born. The end. That was basically the very end is like, and your baby is born. One life leaves this earth and one comes in. And then that's it. And then, yeah, the XO was reborn as that little baby. Nice. Yeah. I think that may have been my fastest ever recap. We are at 30 that's minutes. That's I mean, excellent. It's, I, gotta, I just got to say, I, I blasted through that because it's one of the most boring pieces of shit I've ever watched. <laughs> Sounds like I you can barely just make go right into your it. review. I was going to say. Oh, it's ho- this is awful. This is an awful movie. <laughs> Listeners are on the edge of their seats during that. <laughs> no, it is an awful movie. It's just awful. I even told Patrick, I was like, he was like, oh, what movie are you watching? Maybe I don't want to watch it. I was like, you do not want to watch this. Don't watch it. 
Like it's, this is a terrible movie. And it's funny <laughs> because you think of something like Stinger, you think of these other ones. It made me feel bad that I gave the one last week a two. Like I want to, I want to boost that up to two and a half mm-hmm. at least. That's, that's horseshit. I gave it a two. Yeah, that's I crazy. gave it a two and a half. You should, I should have been fun. with you. It was fun. That's crazy. Way, way more fun than this. this yeah. that, that, that now looks like a three. Think about that. It's crazy, right? This is one of those movies uh, that brings you back to reality, right? How bad something right. can be. Yeah. And so I can't give it a two, even though it's not like it's not like super horrible quality or anything like that. I guess it's I guess that would be a zero. I think I'm gonna give it a one. Wow. It's awful. Mm-hmm. There's very few funny things. The only funny thing I did kind of like was at one point, like the there's like the female officer, navy naval officer, who's kind of like really good at her job and everyone loves her and so at one point the rear admiral's like wow you're really smart and you're really great and i mean you'd make a great captain of a submarine and she kind of says well if the navy ever considers having women on subs and he gives her a look like (laughs) like (laughs) come on (laughs) And that was the only funny thing I saw in the entire movie was that look where I was like, Jesus, <laughs> this guy's basically like giving her like the stink eye for suggesting that women could be on subs, which then changed like a couple of years later or something. And so uh, that was that was like the only funny thing in the other thing. The only other positives are that they swing a bunch of wrenches around and there's fire and shit and flooding and all that. Otherwise, it's literally one of the most boring things I've ever seen and is just a complete ripoff of like yep. five different movies yep. all mashed into one thing. Yep. yep. Yeah. I don't know. I give it a one. Okay. I have yeah. No yeah. Qualms. You nailed it. I can't add any more to what you said. Super derivative of, uh, of the other films we've watched. Uh, not, not a fun watch. If I want to actually compare it to something that it wasn't necessarily derivative of, but just what the viewing experience was like, I would say maybe Neptune factor. And as like, in as much as like the production quality was fine and, the story was cohesive and stuff. It was just so boring and they didn't do anything new. They didn't do anything interesting with it. Uh, you could, just like, they, there is they a lot telegraphed of the whole stuff. movie. Like they over, like, I guess they over foreshadow, you know, you know where it's going, you know how it's going to end. They're obviously not going to blow as opposed to Crimson Tide, which kind of build up all that suspense. And you had no idea what sort of risks they were going to take with the film and everything and what was actually going to happen. This was just so dialed in and, and, and lame. I think it's also interesting from Crimson Tide is like the ethical aspect of it because they made they made it where I, and I think I've come around because since Crimson Tide was like the second movie we ever watched for this thing, like I think I've come around to understanding more the problems that naval the Navy had with it and kind of the problems with the idea of a mutiny in general, which is you know kind of obviously looked at in a in a very poor way from the naval perspective. Like a, a mutiny should never happen. And there really is very little justification for how a mutiny would be depicted in a movie in a positive light. And so Crimson Tide attempts to do that. I think the, I, I understand more now why the Navy's like, come on, that's ridiculous. It's like stupid. And there's no way that a mutiny like that could be looked at in a positive light. So I've come around on, on kind of understanding that. But it does at least from the Crimson Tide point of view, give you a little more to chew on ethically where you have, you are kind of, I, at least I am as like a general public viewer predisposed to preferring Denzel Washington's position of, Hey, maybe we should wait for 
official communication yeah. before destroying the world. And you're like, yeah, I prefer the world to exist. And so I, I, I also prefer not to luke, launch nukes. Here they kind of throw that completely out. The, the mutiny is obviously awful. The XO is crazy awful. One of the worst, I mean, pretty easily the worst captain maybe we've ever seen. Yeah. He's even, even when the, the submarine comes, the Mako comes, they're like, Hey, I think it actually is an American sub. And he's like, or maybe it's Russian. And everyone's like, what? <laughs> yeah. I just told you it's American submarine. And he's yeah. like, evasive. Let's launch torpedoes at it. It's like, I'm totally confused as to why yeah. you are it, it, like it, acting this way. It, it was kind of set up that he was going to kind of be a bit of a voice of reason and might be the 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 reluctant yeah, leader. As, like he, he wasn't right, going to want to accept the mantle, but he ended up just becoming a, a lunatic idiot. Right. Yeah, it seemed, it seemed crazy because it did seem like it was set up to be is that the question would be whether Casper Van Dien's character was the right one for the job. And almost immediately it's like, oh, no, yeah, this is – this mutiny is awful. Yeah. And there's no way you can do it. It's so terrible. they kind of even threw out any any of the ethical stuff to chew on. Yeah. I'm going to give it a one and a half. Oh, wow. look at you coming in. Yeah. I mean, I, I would say there is a, there's an argument for an, a half point for just how much submarine stuff there is in it. Yeah. And again, it was, it was cohesive. Movies, yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it just wasn't good. Right. What do you got, Zach? So this movie was incredibly... I mean, as you guys already said it, slow, right? Like, just yeah. It, we already it felt like say, it was say, two and a half hours long. Yeah, it did, and it was like what ninety three minutes. It it, it dragged. Like that, yeah. So I definitely sped through this one. I'll be honest. Um, <laughs> and it's so maybe okay. Maybe the guy that's never seen a submarine movie in his life sits down and watches this on TV would be like, "All right, that's a solid flick." But we've seen a lot of submarine movies. This was not good it was not entertaining i would would never want to sit down and be like oh let's watch this movie again you know danger beneath the sea it's a sunday afternoon no i'm not watching this shit again so i do know i do know what i'm getting you for your wedding (laughs) (laughs) signed copy um yeah yeah no so it wasn't great but i mean you guys are giving it low i'm surprised you'd give it a one one and a half we've seen some stinkers We've seen some bad ones, and that's yeah, that's the thing. I think it's I think it's more reactionary yeah. than anything else. I, I would, I'll give it a three. I'll give it a three. Interesting. I mean, wow. I, yeah, I think I've, yeah. I've seen I think worse, I've, but this one, being a TV movie, I give it some credit. Like it wasn't like complete garbage, but it just wasn't entertaining at all, right? I mean, it just was not entertaining. Nothing memorable happened. It was just like. A flat line so yeah i think i've explained this before like how i approach uh the jamie movie month and general jamie movies in general uh generally uh or general. general bad movies oh. generally and generally um <clears throat> right the if i'm if I, I i recognize they're going to be bad but if they tickle me like still sharks did <laughs> i i'm gonna give it something closer to like a four or three and a half something like that if they don't and they underwhelm my expectations, and this one certainly underwhelmed what I expected from it, uh, I'm going to come down hard because I'm a bad movie <laughs> expert. Well, I've got right, Kyle's. Uh, I was going to say, Kyle said he sent you I've got a little Kyle's. bit a little now, review. I'll tell you what. He's going he's gonna to be the swing vote, boys. I'm telling you that now. <clears throat> I see his rating at the bottom of this paragraph he sent me to read. Good. 
And it's higher than ours. All right. Whoa. Wow. Kyle's review. Um, should I do it in a voice? Now nah, I'll, I'll just read it. Kyle's review. Pretend Let's like call- you just punched your fist through drywall and smashed a monster energy drink, and then you're in the mind of monster of Kyle. <laughs> oh, monster energy, and I have a kid. I'm Kyle. Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's call this movie what it is: a ripoff of Crimson Tide. Now that being said, Crimson Tide is a movie that I gave a ten out of ten because it's kick-ass. The actors are great. The visuals, amazing. Danger Beneath the Sea doesn't have nearly the budget that Crimson Tide does, but it puts the resources that it has to good use. Gerald Mm. McRaney, or Raymond Tusk, for all you House of Card fans, does quite well as the command back on shore. The captain did okay. Looked super young, which is what they were going for, so... We had the shock factor of the XO not becoming captain, which clearly Command was right about. They even had the claustrophobic guy who looked like a poor man's Jake Gyllenhaal, although I thought they would have got him home in time to see the birth of his baby. I guess they didn't want to make it super cheesy. While the acting wasn't fabulous, they made do. One thing this movie did exceptionally well was hit all of the staples that we've come to know and love. We had wrenches. That is true. Mutiny, fire in the sub, claustrophobia, and a lot of time spent on the sub. Had all the staples because it literally copied the movies we've watched. (laughs) We were barely off that thing. I wish we would have had a surface ship depth charge, the gang, but they, (laughs) that's how it's written, but they never got around to it. (laughs) A movie of this caliber I also was really expecting a luck coin scenario. Yeah, that would have been good. That would have well, nice. boosted the buy score. Which we also had in the last movie we watched. Just toss something up to someone holding you at gunpoint and you can easily get away. When all was said and done, if I were to flip on the TV and see this, which I might because I'm a cord cutter and only get some strange antenna channels... I'd be happy that I oh. watched it. I'm oh sure God. I'll be the guy giving this the highest rating, but I'm yes. coming in interesting at a 9.75. That's not true. I know. 5.1. <laughs> no. That's it's still 5.1. That's, uh, that's true. Oh, my God. That's true. <laughs> oh, Kyle. At least he was self-aware. Uh, like He knew that he was going to be the highest because it helps me to. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's as if he acknowledges it wasn't very good, but yeah, he got something I, I, more I, out I of it. I am not. I'm not ashamed of my score on this one. I am ashamed of my score on Time Under Fire last week. <laughs> I'm not ashamed of my score on this one. I'm ashamed of Kyle's score on this one. Yeah, yeah. I think we're all ashamed <laughs> that's, of Kyle. That's crazy. Five point one. <laughs> now. I would love to. I need to go back and look at all the movies he rated lower than five point one just to throw <laughs> That's it back. Higher in his than face. IMDb. We're we're usually <laughs> below IMDb. Yeah, yeah five pretty is pretty obviously. high. Because yeah. uh, five, I would consider as a solid movie. So I think, right, I, think exactly. I gave the abyss yeah. like a five point five or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Yikes! No. All okay. right, guys. So we we don't have Kyle. We don't have Mustard Man. We're sh- we're low on segments. But I've got something new that I'm going to do this week before Zach facts at the end. Okay. This, won't, okay. this won't take much time, but I, na- I need a nice little jingle. So one of you guys are going to have to help me with this. 
Okay. What's it? Any jingle? I'm going to take a 10 out of 10 review and a 1 out of 10 review, and we can talk about it. Okay. Go. Okay. Are we jingling now? Yes. One or ten. One or ten. One or ten. Okay. Yeah. One or ten. What's it going to be? What's it going to be? Living it up in the city. Living it up in the city. California knows how to party. 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 We can't sing it for too long. (laughs) California. (laughs) We can sing for a little bit longer. Knows how to party. party. That's it, though. I think that's it. Cut it. All right. What'd you, th- what'd you think, Zach? It was beautiful. I loved it. I'd give that a 10 or out a of 10. One. Or a 1. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> nice. Okay. So here is a 1 out of 10 review for this movie. This is Crimson Tide. They used a hmm. clever trick to hide their misdeed. They replaced most mentions of Russia with North Korea and switched hmm. the roles between the captain and the first officer. Cunning little ones. Some scenes appear to be directly lifted from Crimson Tide and recreated shot for shot. That is the Penny Dreadful version of Crimson Tide. How did they manage to make it so much worse? Well, the addition of a stockpile of corny dialogue helped. The characters aren't much short of just uttering, OMG, it's the deadly pass. The captain is so brave and we nearly hit the wreck. Like, I could touch it like... That's it. Hmm. That was a one out of 10 review. Does it hold I up? I think it's harsh, but fair. Harsh, but fair. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Ben? Uh, I didn't understand. What was what was the Penny Dreadful reference? Um, his sentence was, that is the Penny Dreadful version of Crimson Tide. Yeah. He's saying that it's the Penny Dreadful version of Crimson Tide. I, I know the term Penny Dreadful as in like the Penny plays or whatever they'd watch over yeah yeah okay okay yeah it's like a cheap book so it's basically just saying like a cheaply made cheaply written Mm -hmm. version of crimson tide so kind of like a knockoff yeah got it bad knockoff yeah i would agree uh harsh but pretty much what we're saying as well so here is the 10 i don't don't understand the only thing i didn't understand was the omg part like why would a character say omg i don't i don't know but one out of two people (laughs) did find that review helpful so I'm uh, I'm gonna decline to vote. I'm on the I'm on the fence. Okay. Here's a ten out of ten. The name of this review is "Sexual Hero." Oh no. <laughs> uh, One. Of- <laughs> I find this I find this review helpful. <laughs> One of the Hollywood movies which copies one another, but I watched it mainly because of Casper Van Dien. Nice. I began to do it just because I had no any more interesting thing to do that evening. But finally, I was caught by it. I clearly understood that the movie itself was rather poor. Idea was not new. Everything mm. was predictable. But I was mm. charmed by Casper Van Dien. As I already <laughs> said, I have seen a few of his films before, but never paid any attention to him. That is just the movie where he is on his right place. Probably, I would not recommend any male over 13 years old to watch this movie, but I surely can recommend any woman to try it. Sexual male in the role of a hero. Very romantic. 10 out of 10. Uh, Okay. Um, 
that made me uncomfortable a little bit, but <laughs> that's crazy. She was, so she gave this a 10 out of 10 yes. solely because she wanted to bang Casper Van Dien. Purely satisfying her inner fantasies, apparently. Of a sub- young, <laughs> hot submarine commander. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Two out okay, of well, eight I guess, found that helpful. I guess we know what the next uh, Twilight <laughs> we should be going for is. It's going to be, it'll be a young uh, vampire captain. Well, no, you know, that's still like vampires are old news, but a young captain and a young XO and a hot lady ah, love triangle. Okay. Okay. I think that's pretty good. What, what, I'm trying to think of what the lady's role would be. I guess like the doctor on board. Scientist, maybe. maybe. Scientist. Yeah, yeah. Boom. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm liking it already. Explain more of the plot to me real quick. Hold on. <laughs> so that um, was a 1 to 10, 10 to 1. I'm a little confused why she doesn't want boys to be watching this. Uh, I think she's just saying that boys under 13 will find thrills and chills from that submarine action. And then women of all ages <laughs> oh, okay. will be enjoying the Casper Van Dien uh, uh, eye candy. Ooh. Okay. I was thinking she's saying that older boys are going to start to question their sexuality or something when they see <laughs> Casper Van Dien. Read, let's, we don't have to read too far into it. Okay. I don't think that's... Yeah. <laughs> what was the name of the username? Um, so the username for the 10 out of 10 sexual hero was Darima. Oh, I thought it was... Dorima. I thought it was Sexual Hero. Sexual Sorry. Hero, yes. I thought oh, no, Sexual no. Hero was the name. Oh, no, that was the name of the review, the title of the review, uh, but the review was written by Dorima in 2003. Hmm. I was right around That's the name of her fanfic that she wrote yeah. after watching right. the movie. Okay. Yeah, I can't wait to be sued by Dorima when <laughs> yeah. we come out with our submarine fanfic. Um, all right. So I'm going to get a little trivia. There's not a huge amount, but... Oh, I wrote a lot about it. Okay, so the actual pictures in the captain's room are of Catherine Dean's wife, uh, Catherine Oxenberg, and three of their children, India, Cappy, and Gracie. So it's an actual family picture in his room. Uh, the USS Lansing and USS Mako uh, are fictional names. There have never been U.S. submarines with those names. SSN 795, which was the number of the ship, is also fictional. The Lansing was played by... Uh, the HMCS Victoria, uh, a UK upholder class submarine uh, that or that w- will only serve briefly in the UK fleet before being t- decommissioned and sold to Canada, where it became the flagship of the Victoria class in the Canadian Navy. Uh, they replaced the Oberon class of submarines and were plagued by issues. Um, Kyle said that he did this uh, submarine in episode three, I guess, for subs worldwide. So I'm sure he talked about a lot of those issues um, in that one. Uh, they actually were almost sold to Pakistan, um, but the pa- Pakistani Navy chose the uh, French Augusta class to buy instead. And then so Canada bought them six years later in 1998. And because of the downtime, they kind of had degraded a bunch. And it took a long time and a lot of effort and a lot of accidents and fires and stuff for them to finally get out and uh, working. But they're still in commission today and still you know, part of the Canadian Navy. So I guess in the end, they'd say they, they got something out of it. Uh, this film was mentioned in a couple books. So I found it in the naval war film, genre history, and national cinema. And seems to get it does seem to get some facts about the film a little bit wrong. Like they, it does 
sometimes it seems like these books only watch like the beginning of the movie or something and then try to glean what it's actually about. Um, so they talk about how the, how like the captain's like unfit and I'm like, what? Um, it's not the point. Uh, so anyways, they talk about, uh, in that book, they talk a lot about how mutiny became a much bigger part of submarine movies, uh, later in the history of, uh, submarine cinema, uh, and that the Navy started, took great umbrage to certain ones in particular Crimson Tide because of the aggressive way that they portrayed, um, mutiny. It was also mentioned in a movie uh, in a book called Spine Grinder, the movies critics won't write about, where they review a bunch of movies that are kind of outside the mainstream. And this one, the review was utter boredom beneath the sea. <laughs> That's yeah. what it said. Accurate. Yep. Accurate. Uh, the film was actually nominated for an award. It's Canadian, and they have their own awards and everything. A eh? uh, sponsored by Tim Hortons, probably a. Eh? Uh, it was nominated at the Directors Guild of Canada Awards for Outstanding Achievement in Production Design, but c- came up against a buzzsaw called Rare Birds. And total coincidence, I wanted to be able to tell you guys what the plot of Rare Birds was and listen to this shit. Dave has some bad had some bad luck recently. His wife lives in Washington, D.C. His restaurant, The Auk, is not doing good business. Fonz helps Dave by making up a story about a rare bird. Uh, which a sighting, which begins to help make up a uh, help uh, the business. Fonz has been working on a prototype recreational submarine vehicle RSV, and is concerned that the Winnebago company is conducting industrial espionage and trying to steal his plans. Fonz also finds ten kilos of cocaine and tries to get rid of it with the help of Dave. Dave falls in love with Alice, Fonz's sister-in-law, a girl from Gull Tickle. Fonz blows up his RSV. Claire asks Dave for a divorce. Alice goes off to college. Dave finds some, someone to manage the restaurant, and he is seen chasing Alex's taxi. So what? that's the plot as written off of Wikipedia, <laughs> directly off of Wikipedia. That is what they have currently listed as the, <sighs> the plot. That. It's, it's, it's nuts. I was saying the movie we watched tonight was a cohesive film. That, I would say, is completely Buzz incoherent. one it won. It basically <laughs> swept the Canadian Directors Guild. Maybe it sounds like it might be like a more like eclectic comedy kind of indie. Well, it's got an RSV in it, so I think we're gonna watch it. But yeah, it sounds like we have to. That's right. That's true. All right, I'd be so interested finally, to, to see if it's as ridiculous as it sounds. It sounds. Yeah, I mean, it sounds absolutely insane. So, anyways, we have our captain, Casper Van Diem. And he is a ca- Captain Van Hunk, am I right, guys? Mm-hmm. But what other Van Hunks would have done well here? Mm. These are people with Van in the name. What about Dick Van Dyke? Oh, Dick Van Dyke. Uh, he's going to be our admiral. The original Van Hunk. Uh, well, I guess you're thinking you're thinking kind of older. Yeah, Van if Dyke. we got the older, uh, what was the the op, op, da, 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 da. God, what was the big show he was in? What? Uh, what? The Dick Van Dyke show? No, yeah, well, yeah, obviously, but there was um, <laughs> the detective one, diagnosis murder. Ah, I, I was thinking diagnosis murder, Dick Van Dyke. So I was thinking admiral. I was thinking more Dick Van Dyke show, Dick Van Dyke. Okay, so you're going. And then down. I think he'd so be the captain. captain. I think yeah. he'd be the captain, commander, yeah, because he's looking hot. What about sure. James Vanderbeek? Uh, yeah, the XO, sure. the XO. Give me the XO. You think the XO for James Vanderbeek? I, 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 okay, we're doing the Van Hunk segment here. Are they all just going to be the commander? No, Van. I think Vanderbeek would have been a perfect 
uh, Alfred. Okay. I'm thinking young, young Vanderbeek, obviously. Okay. Not, and like, I'm not allowed to think old Dancing Vic with Van the Dyke. Stars. You can think, you can think whatever Van Dyke you want. <laughs> All right. Okay. Gotcha. What about Jean-Claude Van Damme? Oh man. Mm-hmm. You can play everybody. Yeah. Was... How about, yeah, we could always shift Van Dyke, old Van Dyke into the cob role. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. And, and are you thinking get, like old Van Damme for something or are you putting him as commander? I mean, I feel like he's, he's got to be the commander or he's got to be a Navy SEAL who scuba dives onto the submarine. That doesn't happen though. Well, it does in this movie, version of it. Oh, okay. Uh, what about Mario Van Peebles? Mario Van Peebles? Yes, Mario Van Peebles. I don't know that one. You don't know who Mario Van Peebles is? I do not. Zach, do you know Marvel Actor, Van, Van, Van no, Peebles? No, no, no. Star of Solo. Oh, not the Star Wars movie. Oh, yeah. okay. Solo, the 90s action film. Um, I think it could be anyone. Yeah. It's a chameleon. What about Ed Harris? Now, I know what you're thinking. You're like, come on, Ed Harris? It's not Ed Van Harris over here. But little known fact, originally born Peters Von Whipple. He changed his name after crossing through Ellis Island in 1895. And then he, he first became famous on Vaudeville, as we all know, uh, as a strong man. And then he made his way through film and made his acting debut in the film Subwoofer about a submarine werewolf who likes to rock and roll. That sounds awesome. Yeah, right? I, 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 I didn't even have to go on. I didn't have to even talk about all the times about his abs or anything about slip sliding through the submarine because I got that one sentence down submarine werewolf who just likes to rock and roll and i was like i'm done i don't have to write anymore that's how you sell it you said his real last name is what von whipple oh i thought it was bd harris i mean okay <laughs> you're you're saying that that i have said some wrong information on this before uh, at one point you said that he and his brother is Ed Beatty Harris and Ned Beatty Harris. <laughs> <laughs> right. But see, I think, I think the mistake you're, you're okay. But you're right. But I think you're, the mistake you're making is that this is, uh, it's kind of the, it's like the reverse. This is before here. all that. So yeah. So Ned, so Ned was his brother. <laughs> and when they crossed through Alice Island, Ned changed his name to Ned Beatty. Okay. Right. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And so, he, and then he changed his name to Ed Harris. Oh, okay. But, right. They but, were the Von Whipple brothers. Well, on on Vaudeville, they were the Beatty brothers. <laughs> all right. So this is all very obvious and clear. It's going to be very difficult, like, 30 episodes from now when you're trying to make up some more Ed Harris stories and we get, like, a full backstory. Didn't I also say, did I, didn't I say he sprung straight from the head of Zeus and is a Greek god? I think no? at some point, yeah, that, that does sound familiar, too. Uh, well, well. All right, so quick, Phantom Zone. Engage the Phantom. Phantom's engaged, sir. So, I did get very lucky on this one. There was only one actor listed on IMDb as being in another submarine film. That was our Scott Kahn knockoff himself, Vince Carraza. In 2001, same year as this one, another TV movie. What? He's he's like a TV movie uh, master over here called The Haven which I was trying to confirm had a submarine, and one of the comments specifically mentions the submarine scene in it. So I'm good to go. Here you go. Uh, Henry uh, Zerzny 
is one of the main actors in that film. He was also in Buried on Sunday, which I have mentioned before. It's about a fishing village in Canada that uh, to get out of debt buys a submarine, uh, a Soviet submarine, and then uses the nuclear missiles on it to like hold Canada hostage. Sounds nuts. Um, so the star of that film was Jeremy Ackerman, who was also in K-19, The Widowmaker. And that features Lex Shrapnel, who was in Thunderbirds, which features Dmitry uh, Goritzas, who was in X-Men First Class. And that features Jason Beggy, who is in Phantom. Ooh. Made That's it. That's what I got. You got there. Tube three ready to fire, sir. Commence the countdown. Give it to me. Here we go, boys. All right, well, uh, listeners, this is going to be coming out uh, probably around Halloween. And uh, tonight we had uh, Casper Van Dien, uh, the chiseled Ken doll, living Ken doll himself there. But uh, with Halloween coming up here, what about what about another Casper that we all know and love? What about Casper the Friendly Ghost? Oh, hi, Ooh. everybody. Wow, that was an incredible impression, Zach. It really was. Thank was- you. Uh, Zach, how about you team up with Jamie? I want you guys <sighs> to let me know. I'm going to give you some fun facts here. Uh, I want you to tell me if I'm describing Casper Van Dien or Casper the Friendly <laughs> Ghost. Interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. This Casper has a pretty thick New York accent. I'm thinking I would have to go Van Dien, right? Yeah, I would say, I would say Van yeah. Dien. Van Dien. Yeah. It's actually Casper the Friendly Ghost. Oh. Really? Yes. But see, because because Zach just did a really good impression, I didn't hear a New York accent in there. If anything, okay. I heard like a kind of a, a Ohio accent, maybe. <laughs> <from right now>. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of sound more, more like Mickey Mouse. All right, that was mm. a warm up. What's the next one? Uh, the second one. Th- Wait, was there was there an explanation for that? Is that is that real? Like if a <laughs> that, child that killed is, in New York? Real. Uh, I'd have to uh, pull up a little extra more context for you here. Uh, got it. All right. Uh, in 1945, novel tune, Casper has a pretty thick New York accent, and his uncle Stretch has a Boston one. Interesting. Okay. Hmm. Uh, he, he also uh, is a resident of the Whipstaff Manor, which is in Friendship, Maine. So uh, just uh, he bounces around the East Coast. What can you say? No, oh, that'd be great if he had a Maine accent. From Banger, Maine? Maine, yeah, you know, that main, main a accent, banger accent. If you have a real deep main accent, it's real weird. Do you, do you? Uh, you're actually you know, obviously from New England. Uh, what what do, uh, does a can you tell someone from Maine by their accent? Um, yeah, you'd be able to tell if they had like a true blue, real deep main accent. Uh, that that they have a main accent. It's it's pretty distinct. Hmm. Um, it's kind of the same as like there's there's a Rhode Island accent that when someone really has a Rhode Island accent, you can tell. Gotcha. But, yeah. You got a, I got a lot of different uh, f- uh, famous accents up there. Uh, obviously, New York and New Jersey. Right. Uh, and, of course, Boston. Famous. Pack the car, ma. Good one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, was that number one? Oh, yeah, goodness. Uh, number two. Yeah. Sorry about that. I was uh, uh, got derailed there. Number two. I actually think I may have derailed that. <laughs> Uh, number two, this Casper's real last name is McFadden. That's the ghost. Oh, that's the ghost. That yep. is correct. Good job, guys. Yeah. This Casper 
is the ghost of a 12-year-old boy. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be. <laughs> Who died of pneumonia. Well, as, okay. Died of pneumonia? Yes. At least in the animated one. Oh, I thought he tripped why? on a wood Why chipper. would they even go? Why would they? Why would they go into even that detail? Because he's really morbid to be yeah, like. Oh, by the way, he specifically died of pneumonia. pneumonia. Yeah. Um, that is that is Casper the Friendly Ghost. That is correct. Good job, guys. Yeah. Uh, this next one, this Casper has been in a film with Mel Gibson, Clint Eastwood, and Rodney Dangerfield. I'm gonna say well, that's Casper Van Dien. Yeah. But my big yeah, my big question for Zach: Can you name any of them? Name any of what? Any of the movies that he's been in with Mel Gibson, Rodney Dangerfield, and the third person. Clint Eastwood. They're not all in the same movie together, right? No, no, no. (laughs) But that's what I'm saying. You get three three shots at this. Three shots. He was in a movie with Mel Gibson. Uh, Rodney Dangerfield. He wasn't even, Rodney wasn't even in that many movies. Was it, is it Back to School? All right. You guys ready? I'll answer, I'll answer that question as well as the answer to your guess, because Jamie, you are wrong on all counts. Mel Gibson, Clint Eastwood, and Rodney Dangerfield were all in the same movie with Casper the Friendly Ghost in the Casper animated film from the late 90s. What an idiot. I didn't even think about that. Uh, What was his name? Bill Pullman? Is that his name? Yeah, Pullman. Yeah, he uh, that he gets wow. possessed. He gets possessed by the uncles, the uncle ghosts, and looks into the mirror and sees himself, shakes himself off, washes his face out, and, and he ends up seeing himself as Mel Gibson, Clint Eastwood, Rodney Dangerfield, and the uh, Crypt Keeper from Tales of the Crypt. That's insane. Yeah, yep. Mel Gibson. Some pretty, That's why some pretty cool cameos in that because they had those were the actual guys, and then they also had uh, Dan Aykroyd as a Ghostbuster, which was cool. That's why they don't call me the brain anymore. <laughs> uh, you, you stomped on one of mine earlier. I was going to say that this Casper uh, had a love interest uh, in the form of the daughter of the princess of Yugoslavia. But uh, you already mentioned that, Jamie. That was Casper Van Dien. Uh, this Casper had a nude co-ed shower scene and is quoted uh, remembering the 14-hour day where he spent scrubbing with buff extras and doing push-ups between takes. He wasn't even allowed to wear a sock because a sock doesn't work when you're in the shower. It will come right oh, off. At one point, you good, completely good point. surrender. Which Casper, guys? That's Gandina. That's the one I meant. I was mentioning that. I was mentioning <laughs> yes. just like getting all lathered up. Yeah, that is Casper Seeing, Van Dien. Can you imagine... Uh, 14 hours what? just standing around naked with a bunch of men and women in a shower? No. I cannot. I mean, I really can't even wrap my head around that. That's tr- <laughs> no, I insane. Can't. Yeah, sure. <laughs> can't even wear a sock on it. I mean, at some point, you just have to start making jokes, right? I don't- <laughs> or something. It'd be so awkward. Oh, is it cold in here or just me? You know, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, those were my Casper Van Dien versus Casper the Friendly Ghost fun facts. Happy Halloween, everybody. <laughs> Happy Halloween, everybody. Ooh. Happy Halloween. <laughs> now, we can't sing this for too long. <laughs> okay. Uh, Zach, what you got? I'm, I'm hungry, and I'm hankering for some hungry Zach Hungry like the wolf. Zach Bax. Zach Fax, it's Zach Fax. When you're going down, get some Zach Fax. When you're going down, Zach Fax. Okay. <laughs> Danger beneath the sea. I got three facts 
Not good ones either, but maybe. <laughs> okay. Fact number one, Danger Beneath the Sea. This film is not a part of Kim Jong-un's submarine collection. Oh, what is part of it? What, hmm. like, do we have a, a tally of what's in his submarine collection? We do not. Oh. We, we do not. We just know this one isn't in it. It is not in it. You're correct. Okay. Interesting. Fact number two. The original twist ending had the other American sub connected to the first sub, utilizing the first sub with the second sub for the first ever double submarine. Wait, you're saying that Mako, the Mako and the Lansing were, were connected by something? Yes. Like a... Are you, is, like, like a, a catamaran? Like a human centipede? Hmm. Like a human uh, submarine centipede? Yes. Yes, that's accurate. Hmm. I would like it to be. I would like it to be a submarine catamaran. That, that's one of those like where I, I, I want. I'm going to read more about that one because I need more information. Hmm. Well, don't worry. We've only got one more fact left. Okay. The widely popular Dare program in schools used a parody version of this film for their sex ed courses. This was titled Danger Beneath the Ass. <laughs> Is there any more information on that one? That's it. That's it. That's all we got. Oh, my goodness. Very thin. Very thin <laughs> uh, been, yeah, on these facts out there. I'm going to have to do some deep searching on that. Mm-hmm. It's been a while since I've been on, so, you know. Danger Beneath the Ass. <laughs> it's been a it's been a while since you've given me one of those. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's it. All right. That's all right. Um, sorry, you said that was a sex ed video. Yes. Well, and it was you, but you you have no details in what it was supposed to be teaching. I didn't see the film. Yeah, but da- <laughs> yeah. you know, danger beneath the ass. Maybe it's you know it's dangerous to stand underneath someone when they're crouching over. <laughs> Otherwise, you'll get a, a frosted face. So. <laughs> What season would that be? (laughs) (laughs) What is it? Just sex ed videos? Frosted faces. Thanks for listening to Submersion. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Don't forget to subscribe for new episodes every Thursday. If you like what you heard, please leave us a rating on iTunes. 